Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H1B Guy Live here today with Mob Squad President and COO Arif Kamani. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you if you haven't already to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. Today's live stream is proudly brought to you by Mob Squad. If you're a technology professional facing US visa work-related challenges, and your OPT visa is about to expire and you were not selected in the recent H-1B lottery, our partner Mob Squad has a solution. Join the squad. And also by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys, providing complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process. Check out perm-ads.com. And also by Syndesis and Pata Canada the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. Well, I'm very excited to have Arif join me here this afternoon. Today is May 11th, and it's a little after 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I was recently introduced to the great folks at Mob Squad a little over a month ago, right towards the end of the H-1B lottery, and as rumors and reports started to circulate about the massive amount of registrations that was received in this year's lottery, as we've come to find out, over 480,000 applications were received with a little over 127,600 individual names selected, giving about a 26% probability. And for those of you who keep up with immigration in the news, the Wall Street Journal just put out an article yesterday, and that article is titled, The Tech Industry Warns That More Remote Jobs Are Headed Out of the U.S. The reason for that, worker shortages. Limited immigration in the U.S. may favor Canada and elsewhere. Now more than ever, if you are a high-skilled immigrant in the U.S., whether you are on an H-1B visa or you are on an OPT visa, or if you're even outside of the U.S., but you're seeking an opportunity to come here to North America. This conversation today with Arif, I think is gonna be one that you really wanna take interest in and listen to. Mob Squad has a very unique offering that designates and differentiates them from some of their other competitors out there. So I wanted to have Arif on today uh, to tell us about Mob Squad and tell us a little bit about himself and his journey. So we're going to get into all of that here over the course of the next 45 minutes or so. Uh, but I wanted to turn it over to you, Arf. How you doing today? Good. Thanks so much for having me on. Excited to awesome. do this. And I think you're right. The timing is perfect. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting as, as we start to hear um, March here in the U.S. There were 4.5 million people that quit their job, but there were 11.5 million open job postings. But yet, when we look at like our high-skilled immigration and the amount of resources that we continue to bring into the U.S., that number remains very limited. And if we also look at our, the documented dreamer story, which you may not be fully aware of, but those are children of high-skilled immigrants that were brought here, um, legal childhood arrivals, that it's an estimated 10,000 of those individuals self-deport annually. And we're talking about U.S. educated and, and raised. And so now more than ever, we continue to hear this very growing sentiment about the need here in the U.S. for immigration reform. And there's about seven different bills out there that that address various pieces of the immigration issue. But our, since I launched this channel back in 2020, one of the biggest things I've talked about has been a merit based immigration system and how our our friends to the north in Canada Australia, New Zealand, the UK to a certain extent, now more than ever have continued to become just as much of an attractive destination. 
And one of the biggest things that I've talked about since I launched this platform is that if you come here pursuing the American dream, you need to have another option. We've talked about Canada be a, a plan B for a long time. But I think now more than ever, you look at the number of jobs that have been increased in Canada, and very clearly Canada has become a plan A for a lot of other individuals. So before we get into all of that, RF, if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, um, you know, how you got to where you are with Mob Squad, and, and then maybe get into how Mob Squad came to be. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just give you a little bit on myself. Uh, so I was uh, born and raised in, in Vancouver, uh, in Canada. Uh, so very familiar with the with the systems up here. Uh, also studied in Canada, uh, spent some time working at uh, Procter & Gamble in their finance group, and then moved to, to Amazon in Vancouver, operations finance. So got to see uh, some of what you're talking about firsthand, where um, you know a lot of that tech challenge that Amazon was facing, they were trying to solve with uh, growing pretty rapidly in, in Canada. Um, and as part of that role, I you know came across Mob Squad. I knew the uh, the founding team relatively well from before, and, and they had this idea that that just seemed extremely interesting and very pertinent to our current time. Uh, so, you know, a bit of backstory there. I mean, Mob Squad basically identified that there was this massive opportunity for uh, to help solve the technology talent shortage uh, through an innovative solution in Canada um, in a couple of ways. So the first being uh, you know, recognizing that there are thousands of workers in the U.S. that are on uh, OPTs or STEM OPT visas or on H-1B visas. And, you know, every year with this lottery, uh, more than half and this year, you know, almost 75 percent uh, were not going to get selected in the in the lottery. And so you have this huge group of people who either want to get into the U.S. or want to be able to stay in the U.S. but can't do so because they're not able to to obtain or extend their visa. And so we thought, you know, the company thought, what if there was a way so that these people could continue working with the companies that they're working with? Um, you know, the companies can continue to have support from those technology workers, but we just do it in Canada, uh, where we're able to get you know people in uh, on a relatively expedited basis uh, and have them become permanent residents and citizens within a reasonable period of time. Um, and then secondarily, for companies that are looking to grow their team, where you need AI engineers, uh, cybersecurity engineers, you know, machine learning engineers, all the hardest to fill roles because we're able to bring people to Canada from anywhere in the world. What if we were to build those teams in Canada again for those clients uh, and, you know, we would just support them and take care of everything that's needed in Canada through through Mob Squad. So that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, and it's, you know, it's grown uh, quite extensively since uh, as we've been able to help, uh, you know, countless engineers and dozens of clients uh, with with this solution. Uh, and, you know, COVID obviously helped some of that too, which we'll get into, get into later as well. So the company started in 2018, is that right? That's right. Yeah. So a little over four years, you guys have, have been at this and, and I would imagine that the last two years we've probably seen a very significant, uh, interest, um, in your, your offerings and i would imagine that's led to a lot of the rapid growth that, that that you guys have experienced can you talk to me a little bit about your your ideal sort of uh client right on on the candidate side and, and also on the employer side um who is it that that would be interested in mob squad specifically yeah, so let's start with the candidates because I think that's probably you know a lot of the audience that that you have are people uh, on H1Bs or or OPTs trying to get H1Bs. And uh, from our perspective, you know, candidates that are ideal are those that, um, at least for this you know this stream, are people that are in the U.S. and struggling with some uh, visa-related issue. Either they can't didn't win the H1B lottery and on their last year of their STEM OPT uh, couldn't extend their H1B. Uh, have been on the green card list for, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years, depending on where, where you're from, uh, or, you know, have a spouse who is not able to work in the U.S. because they couldn't get, you know, the H-4 EAD or, or some situation like that, which is causing them uh, some struggle with being able to, to remain in the U.S. And in that case, uh, if you're a technology worker, uh, we, you know, encourage you to reach out to us because we're able to then try and partner with the company that you're working with. And so from the engineer perspective, they get to continue working with the company that they're working with uh, just from Canada, uh, and we would support them and their family coming to Canada uh, first on a work permit that's uh, done on an expedited basis, and then eventually permanent residency generally within a year and, and citizenship thereafter. Um, and in terms of clients, this tends to be 
um, tech companies all across the U.S. So, you know, t with the caveat, it doesn't tend to be like the Amazons and the Googles and the Facebooks of the world because they have offices in Canada and they're already doing this at you know at right. scale. But if you're at you know a, a, if you're a startup uh, or or a fast growing tech company in the U.S. Uh, you may not have operations in Canada because doing all of what Amazon and Google and Facebook are doing at subscale is just a lot of work, like figuring out mm -hmm. benefits, figuring out payroll, figuring out remittances and taxes, office space, all the you know logistics of operating in Canada. And that's exactly where where we come in is because we would mm -hmm. handle all of that for the company and for the for the engineers directly. So it's a, a soup to nuts, if you will, per se, like the only thing that changes is the individuals working remotely in Canada for Mob Squad, in turn, remaining with the employer here in, in the US. And is that just tech specifically that, that we're, we're focused on? Or are we looking at, at the science, you know, engineering, mathematics, this, that, that other piece of the STEM equation too? Or are we, are we interested in, in individuals with with that sort of background as well yeah so i would say we're primarily uh tech focused um because the expedited work permit stream which is called the global talent stream in canada which we have access to uh is is fairly concentrated in in technology related occupations in terms of who's allowed to to come in through that stream Mm -hmm. uh, but having said that, there are some alternatives, and it is is a relatively broad definition of, of technology workers. So, uh, if you're not sure, like if you are, you know, in data science or or uh, business systems analyst or things that are that are you know may not be exactly software engineering, but are within the realm of tech, we encourage you to still reach out because if there's a way to help, then we then we certainly will. Uh, and the other thing I'll say to that is. Um, there are ways for us to look at engineers beyond uh, software engineering and software developers, so mechanical engineers and electrical engineers and other folks like that through uh, certain provincial programs, uh, specifically in Alberta, as an example, there is an accelerated pathway that's that's available to a broader set of folks that's that's not just technology foot related. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, if you if you are in those you know STEM related fields, we still encourage you to reach out. There's a little bit of difference in terms of how it works and how the timelines work, but it is still possible. Uh, to to make things like that work, uh, just depending on which province we're we're looking at and which which streams we're looking at. So uh, while we're primarily tech focused, I would encourage people to to reach out if they're not sure, and we can see you know if there's a way to make it work. That's awesome. And you refer to being able to expedite the process. Can can you walk me through that? I think one of the things that we've talked about, um, you know, since. Um, we've, we've begun our partnership is, is I talk about, um, you know, mob squads ability to sponsor, uh, for the individual and their spouse and have them in Canada and as, as little as six to eight weeks, which to me, that sounds really aggressive. Um, but when you and I have talked, you've said, you've seen it even be possible to do it in four weeks, kind of depending on the, the province and, and, and the role. Can, can you help me understand like, Hey, I, I got an offer. Um, or I have a, a, an employer that wants to, me to, to work remotely in Canada from once that process starts to when the individual is actually physically in Canada working. Can you talk about that process a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And so it probably helps to give a little bit of background on, on Canada's system here and, and how we're able to, to kind of follow the most expedited paths. And so uh, traditionally, if you want a work permit in Canada, you have to apply for what's called a labor market impact assessment, which basically you have to prove by posting a role for at least a month that you are unable to find a Canadian or permanent resident who could do the job. Uh, you then have to submit that to the government. They will review it, uh, which could take anywhere from one to three months. Uh, and then you can apply for a work permit, which could again take another you know, few months. So you're looking at a you know, four to eight month time frame in terms of approval uh, on a typical work permit. Um, there's a program that's been, uh, you know, active in Canada for, for a number of years now called the Global Talent Stream, which actually expedites that entire process for a subset of workers, mostly in technology. So mm -hmm. it's software engineers, software developers, uh, you know, data scientists, um, you know, IT consultants, uh, database analysts. So, you know, kind of a variety of, of careers, mostly within technology, where we've already acknowledged that there is a shortage of these workers in the country. And so the entire process of assessing whether, you know, you can have a Canadian to fill a job completely changes and, and gets expedited into a much uh, shorter timeframe. And so in a pre COVID world, you could have an application started. So you could sign an employee, let's say on, you know, May 1st, 
And as little as four weeks later, they could be coming to Canada to, to begin their job because that LMIA process has been reduced to two weeks and the work permit process also gets put to the front of the line and an expedited process that would have taken two weeks. I would say post COVID, there's been some backlog just with processing, uh, understandably given you know everything that was going on. So the good news is, is that everything is still being processed. Uh, it's just taking a little longer than it used to. So that's why we're quoting now, you know, about six to eight weeks based on what we're seeing with uh, mm -hmm. with folks that are going through the process right now. Um, there are signs that that will start improving again. Uh, and there's been commitment to get back to kind of that that four week timeline, but before the end of this year. So we are hoping that, you know, we'll start to see that. But even still, you know, if we're talking eight weeks, it's 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 relatively quick relative to any other system that we've seen in the world for, right. for getting this done. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, happy to be working uh on you know being able to do that as quick as possible we you know got access to to certain channels and certain things in canada that help us uh inquire on cases and make sure that things are are getting done as expected uh, mm -hmm. which helps us ensure that we can meet the timelines that we're that we're quoting so if i'm a candidate or an employer you know just in my mind as i'm trying to put together like a time frame it, it sounds like 60 days is is probably a good like benchmark from when the process begins to when I could be physically working in Canada. Yeah, sorry, I, I lost the line for two seconds. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, I was just saying that it, to, to me, 60 days feels like it's a, a good benchmark uh, as to when I could be physically working in Canada from when the process was initiated and began. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like if I'm an o OPT, right, who wasn't selected in the lottery or I'm holding out hope for possibly being a cap gap um, right now would be when I would want to begin looking at getting this process going, especially if my OPT expires in um, July or, or August or even September. It, it would give me an opportunity to, to meet that that period of time. Yeah, I mean, for us, we we always encourage folks to to reach out as soon as they can or as soon as they know. So, like, if you're in that exact situation where uh, you're on the final year of your OPT and you didn't get selected in the lottery, um, you know, whether it's July or August or October or whatever the timing is, we encourage you to reach out now just to allow time as possible. Uh, there's obviously some variance with with approvals because each case is evaluated independently, and so, uh, you know, while we're seeing uh, eight weeks for most there's some that, that have taken longer just because there's uh you know additional steps that people may need to go through so we we encourage people to get the process started as soon as possible because there's also you want to build in time for us to have discussion with you uh with your company uh and any other things that need to get done that that may have to happen before we're able to actually officially start the process and mm -hmm. you know even for folks that have a, a year remaining uh and still have one more shot at the lottery uh, we still think it's worth having the discussion now. I mean, if you know, if you are able to to win the lottery or get selected in the lottery a year from now, perfect. You know, stay stay where you are. But uh, the earlier you get the discussion started, that just means that you know, in a year when we're when we're doing this at the beginning of April next year, um, we know that you know over seventy percent of people are not going to get selected. And if you've already had these discussions and you're already kind of ready to go, we can pull the trigger much quicker on on getting everything started and and having that run right away so that we don't bump up against any uh deadlines or or you know periods where people have to leave yeah try to expedite it as much as mm -hmm. as possible yeah that's that's great to hear exactly. um just wanted to to ask everyone out there if you haven't already please like this video uh, make sure you're subscribed to the h1b guy channel here on youtube if you have questions for RF as we continue our conversation here, we'd like to do a, a short Q&A at the end of the session. Please feel free to, to drop those questions or comments in the chat, and um, and I'll try to get to those uh, as time permits. Um, RF, I wanted to ask you about um, you know some of the things that, that make you guys unique, Mob Squad unique. Um, when we were first introduced, we talked about the partnership that you guys have with the Canadian government. Can can you expand on that a little bit and, and help the audience understand what that means? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a few things here. Um, I mean, uh, to apply for work permits through the global talent stream that I've mentioned, uh, you do have to be, you know, an employer that uh, has, uh, you know, applied before and, and they're familiar with and, and passed certain conditions. And so we are one of those employers that is allowed to use the system. 
uh, which is important because, um, you know, if there's companies in the U.S. that are thinking about doing this, you do have to have a certain amount of good standing in Canada to, to be able to do this in some establishment. Uh, and part of being able to use this program is demonstrating that you are going to be adding value as a company to the lives of Canadians and permanent residents and to Canada as a whole, uh, which is a pretty extensive process that we've we've gone through to be able to do that. And so, you know, that's one piece of it. Uh, the other is that, you know, we've, we've had uh, quite a few folks, um, you know, helping us uh, through this process. The Minister of Immigration uh, for Canada at the time uh, actually opened our office in, uh, in 2018 uh, when we launched in, in Calgary. Um, and, you know, with some of the provincial systems that exist that I had mentioned, like the Alberta Accelerated Tech Program, that was also announced at, at our office by the Alberta uh, Immigration Minister. Uh, and so, you know, we've, we've, we've tried to help uh you know be be involved with with these programs and and make sure that we're you know front and center with that so that we can uh uh you know ensure that that we're 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 able to you know partner with these folks when we when we are submitting applications you definitely want to be able to have a good relationship with the individuals (laughs) processing the the applications there's there's no doubt about that Let's talk about some of the benefits of of working for you guys. If I'm an, a, a candidate, right, and and want to understand, like, you know, why Mob Squad over one of the dozen other, you know, PEOs that that may be out there, um, you know, what makes you guys unique from a candidate experience? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. I mean, like we we spend a lot of time thinking about what we can do for our employees and we take that employment relationship very seriously. Like we don't just want to be uh, an employer on paper or anything like that. We we really view everybody that we add to our team as as part of the mob squad uh, team and and as one of our one of our folks. And, uh, you know, some of the things that we do, uh, we we aim to pay in the top uh, you know decile of, of each market for for the roles that people are, are joining. So uh, we want to make sure people are compensated extremely well for their roles in Canada. Uh, we have a really premium benefits package for all employees and their families. That's 100% customizable to each employee so they can decide how it best suits their needs and and, and if they have a family, how it would best suit their family's needs. Uh, we have state-of-the-art offices across Canada. So we're operational in Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, and Halifax with offices in each city that are uh, you know right in the center of the city and that are super cutting edge and and very designed for technology workers to be as productive as possible, but also for people to have a chance to meet other folks, because a lot of the folks that we that we employ, you know, work with different clients, and we want to have some unity with that with our with our team. Uh, and also related to that is we, you know, we host a lot of events, um, both in person, you know, we do dinners, and we do uh, activities with our folks in each city. And uh, when COVID hit, we moved a lot of that to be virtual and got creative with things like, you know, a uh, cooking lessons and a virtual comedy show and, and, uh, you know, virtual concerts and things like that. Um, we're starting to move more in person now that things are opening up a little bit, but we again, want to foster that sense of community, uh, for our, for our employees as well as their families. Um, and the other piece here is that we really take the immigration piece of this seriously as well. So we're not just, uh, helping folks obtain their work permits so they can start in Canada, but as soon as they land, we, uh, work with each individual in the family on what the best, most reliable and quickest path to PR would be for for them and their family. So hmm. uh, whether that's a federal stream or whether that's a provincial stream uh, in the province that they're in, you know, we will help them obtain PR in the quickest manner possible, which will help them become citizens also as quickly as possible. Um, and the final is we don't just look at it as immigration. We know for a lot of people, this is either their first time in Canada or almost always their first time working in Canada. And we really want to help people settle in Canada. So, you know, we'll pick people up at the airport when they arrive. Uh, we help them get settled in their new communities. We help them find temporary and permanent accommodation, uh, schools for their kids, you know, jobs for their uh, spouses, uh, and then just getting set up in Canada because it's all new, right? So bank accounts, cell phones, driver's license, all the pieces that kind of come with that. Mm-hmm. We know that our people work hard and have a lot to do, and we want to make sure that the other piece of it, you know, with resettlement and, and all of that is is super smooth and, and easy for them, but also helping to integrate them into their new community and make them feel like Canada is their, is their permanent home. Mm. And then you have a team that's dedicated to helping with that, that relocation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have folks internally, so, we've got, you know, so important. Leads. Yeah, exactly. We've got people in every city and, you know, community leads and, and folks that, that help with making sure that 
this is not just a one-time thing of when you arrive, but an ongoing thing where we're constantly checking in and seeing, is there more help we can provide? Is there things we can do? Uh, and you know, what, what, and we, we do this bespoke per person, right? So some folks that are very independent and, and figure a lot of this out, you know, before they come others, you know, want our help, uh, much more extensively and, and have different requests. And, you know, we're here to accommodate whatever people are, are looking for, mm -hmm. um, as much or as little as, as, as they, as they need. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the the permanent residency path, right? So mm -hmm. Global Talent Stream, GTS is is the primary avenue. But once I'm I'm living and working in Canada as a full-time employee of, of Mob Squad, I would assume that that path to permanent residency then has a, a more significant weight as we talk about like the merit-based point system because I'm a full-time employee living and, and working in Canada. Um, can you give me, I know you, you kind of touched on it briefly, but what does that process look like? Uh, I, I work under Global Talent Stream for a year or two. Is it two to three, four years that I'm looking at before I'd be a permanent resident? Yeah, so basically as soon as folks land in Canada, we work with them on figuring out what is their optimal path to permanent residency. And, uh, you know, that there there's several options here for folks. Um, and we try and pick the one that would that would get them, you know, their PR in, in the most expedited and most reliable manner possible. So a few examples here that people will probably be familiar with if they've, if they've looked at Canada is there's express entry, which is a federal system. Uh, and you've, you've talked about this. It's a, it's a merit-based system, which essentially looks mm -hmm. at, uh, you know, certain factors like age, language skills, uh, work experience, uh, as well as, uh, um, you spouse know, you have a job part of that. in Canada. Right. Exactly. And then factors yeah. related to your spouse and any ties to Canada as well. So, uh, based on that, you're given a score and then they do regular draws for folks. And those with the highest scores are invited to apply for PR. Um, those draws have been paused for some time federally, but are expected to mm -hmm. resume this summer. So we do expect that to be, a, uh, you know, an option that reopens up for people. But in addition to that, there's provincial streams that uh, in Canada, each province has the ability to nominate people for PR uh, based on their particular needs. And in most provinces, technology is a massive need. And so if you were to look at BC, there's a program called the BC Tech Pilot. Uh, if you were to look at Alberta, there's the Alberta Accelerated Tech Program. Uh, Halifax and Nova Scotia has the Atlantic Immigration Program, uh, and El Ontario has the Human Capital Priority Stream. And so all of them have options that are also available provincially. Mm -hmm. And those draws have been running uh, throughout, uh, even while the federal ones have been paused. And so for a lot of the individuals that we've been getting in recently, we've been relying more on the provincial streams because they've been ongoing. And uh, a lot of them are focused specifically on tech, which actually meets the need for, for our individuals. And so in terms of timeline, uh, it can be as quick as six months after arrival in terms of getting PR. Uh, I would say that's on, you know, the quickest end. Uh, generally, most folks are able to, to get PR within a year. Uh, there's certain individuals where that can take, you know, up to a year and a half, but almost certainly within that, you know, work permit time that you have, you're, you're able to get your PR uh, through, through us. And we fully sponsor this. So, you know, we will pay all of the legal and government related fees for uh, PR applications for individuals and their families. Uh, and, you know, if there's an employer endorsement required, which again goes partly to our partnerships uh, with, with government, uh, we have those in each province. So we're, you know, we're an eligible employer in BC. Uh, we are one of the employers that's allowed to do this in Alberta. We're a designated employer in, uh, in Halifax or Nova Scotia. Uh, so we have all of that, you know, infrastructure already set up. So um, when people do apply, you know, all of these provinces have seen applications from us before and, and, and you know, we're registered as one of those employers that's able to take advantage of these systems. That's great. And you mentioned, was it four provinces that you specifically are, are working in? You mentioned uh, Alberta, um, Ontario, uh, Halifax, and Nova Scotia, BC. Is that right? Yeah. So we're in Vancouver, BC, Calgary, Alberta, Toronto, Ontario, and Halifax, Nova Scotia, as, in terms of where our offices are. Okay. Got it. Got it. So four different provinces, all with four sort of unique streams to which they, they bring the, the talent in under. Um, yeah. What I'm hearing, RF, is that, you know, kind of a Cadillac offering here, if you will, um, a, a, a car analogy here for for those in, in the U.S. And, and that is um, you take care of your employees, you're paying, you know, in, in the top, percentage of of compensation in canada 
um, the services from the support staff for individuals that are picking up and moving their lives, right? Um, there's a, there's a lot of thought and um, and and offerings of support that that are involved in that from from your perspective from your employees, team events and really kind of one of these things where they're not necessarily it's not a number this is a, a, a an extended offering for those who may not have another option in the U.S. and and those looking outside of you know the U.S. Um, that want to seek a better opportunity, right, in, in North America with, with Canada being one of those primary destinations. Um, just wanted to, to mention again, if you haven't already, please like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guide channel here on YouTube. If you have any questions or comments for RF, uh, we've got about um, uh, 15 or so minutes left here. We'd love to take a couple questions or comments. Uh, but I would like to continue the conversation here, Arif, and, and I want to move on to, um, you know, we've highlighted tech is kind of the primary focus. We talked about software engineers and, and software developers um, this past Friday during the H1B Guy News for the week ending on May 6th. I highlighted a, a full stack developer um, and that was looking for, you know, an individual with uh, JavaScript. TypeScript, React, and like Node and Python on the back end. So, you know, very technical coding type role. Um, outside of like the, the full stack React, are, are you seeing demand in like machine learning um, and DevOps and cloud? Where else are, are you seeing the demand from, from companies in Canada that may be looking to hire someone um, in Canada through, uh, through a firm. Yeah. So, I mean, we see demand because the tech stack, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, the, the full stack position is one that's been challenging for companies to fill. And it's one that, you know, if you have that experience, we, we very much encourage applications because that's where, um, we're seeing a lot of interest, but we, we do see interest across a lot of the things that you mentioned. So machine learning engineers, uh, data scientists, cloud security engineers, uh, Java developers, uh, you know, front end positions as well. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're seeing demand across quite a lot of, of, of software developer and software engineering positions. Um, we also through, like I mentioned, through the global talent stream are able to bring in folks from a broader, uh, you know, set than just software engineering. So, you know, computer and system information managers, uh, mathematicians and statisticians, as, as you had mentioned earlier, uh, information systems analysts, information consult mm -hmm. like IT consultants, database analysts, uh, but also web designers and developers, and even some uh, you know visual effects uh, folks as well, and digital media mm -hmm. designers. So it's a it's a broader range than that. And you know if you if you are working with a company and and they're willing to have you work from Canada, uh, you know those are those are certain occupations that we you know we would look at uh, and and likely be able to help. Um, mm -hmm. But you know for positions that are uh, you know we're, we're recruiting for ourselves. Um, if you were to go to our website, which is just mobsquad.io slash join team, uh, you'll see, we always have, you know, between 10 and 15 positions that are listed there. And those are the ones that we're most actively recruiting for. So we have clients that are telling us we have a need here. Uh, can you help us build a team? Uh, we put those positions up, you know, uh, and, and update them quite frequently. So if you see a position there that, you know, you, you feel qualified for, um, we would certainly encourage you to apply to those. And, uh, you know, if, if you're able to make it through kind of our technical and behavioral screens, then we would put your profile mm -hmm. in front of clients and basically try and find uh, positions for you, um, you know, as soon as, uh, as soon as we can. Yeah. I've got the link right here in the chat. Um, and also for the, the full stack developer position that I mentioned, there's a link in my video description. Um, there's also a link to, if you're just looking to find out how do I qualify, um, there's a, there's a link in the video description below as well. Um, one of the things I find really interesting specifically about the full stack developer role that you have, um, mm -hmm. when I look at it and you alluded to this, but I really wanted to hit on this because this is where it comes back to how important talent analytics and talent automation are, and what's really defining kind of the new age of recruiting now and this digitally global society that that we're all living and working in and that is when individuals look to go to apply to a posting that you have 
Not only do they have to provide a resume, they've got to complete a video interview, which I'm sure is is a communication um, and presentation, you know. Uh, and then there's also a coding, a technical coding assessment as well. So here you have a resume, a video interview, and a coding assessment. Um, are you doing that for not only just the like the full stack, but but some of the other postings that you have as well? Yeah, so it does depend on the role. We try to do, you know, the appropriate screening process uh, based on the roles. So there's some positions that, you know, don't lend themselves well to coding tests per se. Uh, so you won't see that. Uh, but if there are positions where there's specific kind of, you know, coding languages or frameworks that are required, you, you may see, uh, you know, that technical process as part of the part of the screening process. Uh, so it is kind of customized by position and our talent team does a really good job here of trying to figure out, you know, for each role, what are we actually looking for uh, and what do we need to see so that we feel comfortable, uh, you know, creating profiles for folks and, and putting them in front of our clients. Uh, and so that's really what it's designed to do. Uh, you know, we're here to help with the whole process. We know that there there can be, you know, additional steps in, in certain cases. Um, we just really want to make sure that, A, we're getting the most qualified people that we can uh, for these roles because we do get, you know, thousands of applications for the roles that we put up. Uh, but also that we're setting people up for success, right? So that when we do put them in front of clients or when they are, you know, working on things, they're uh, fully able to perform at their best. And, you know, throughout our interview process, we try and provide guidance and as much clarity and, uh, you know, help as possible. And if people have questions, we're always there to, to help with that so that people do succeed uh, when they when they apply for this process, if they're, you know, assuming that they're qualified for the roles. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges when we talk about acquisition, right, is how do you determine who's qualified and who's not. And, and I think, you know, uh, the coding assessment for me is is one of those that will eliminate uh, a lot of candidates very quickly um, and, and kind of separates the the wheat from the chaff, if you will. Um, I wanted to to ask you a little bit about the quality of life in Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think one of the, the biggest things that I always joke about is, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a Southern boy that's never lived further North than Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, I, I have to think that the, the cold air up there and I probably wouldn't go very well together. Can, can you help me understand, um, you know, I, I guess maybe talk a little bit about some of the misconceptions of, of living in Canada and what the quality of life is like there. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've, I've lived in Canada for most of my life, so I can certainly speak to that. And I've actually spent time in uh, Vancouver where I am now, but also in Toronto and, and in Calgary. So I've you know, kind of covered quite a bit of the country in terms of, of living. Um, you know, it's, it, uh, I, I think it's, it's a great place to live. You'll always see when, uh, there are rankings for, you know, cities, often three or four Canadian cities are in the top 10 uh, because the quality of life is is quite high. Right. So there's, you know, really strong safety, uh, really good schools, um, you know, healthcare um, is is covered. And, and those that do move with us do, uh, you know, are part of the national healthcare system. Uh, we make sure we pay any premiums for that so they do get access to that. Um, and, you know, the cities are, are, are vibrant and multicultural and, and super lively and, and you know, very welcoming of, of new folks, which is important to us. Uh, we've picked the cities that we're in quite carefully because we want to make sure that they're welcoming to newcomers and, and are a great place to settle if you're raising a family uh, or, you know, a great place to be if you're, if you're coming on your own as well. And part of our recommendation for where people live and where they go is, is dependent on some of that. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, we, we obviously get the you know conception that Canada is very cold. Uh, depending on where you're coming from, that may or may not be true. Like if you're in New York, Toronto is a very similar climate to New York, so you won't be you know out of place there. Um, and uh, you know, Vancouver has very similar weather to Seattle. It's on the west coast, so it's it's you know certainly doesn't get those you know six foot snowfalls or or minus you know really crazy minus temperatures out here. So uh, you know, depending on where you are, that that you know varies a lot and. Part of what comes with that is, is you know, great, uh, you know, ski season and, 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 and availability with that as well. So, uh, you know, I'd say, um, you know, we try and work with folks to, to help them figure out in Canada where would be best for them. You know, if they're coming alone, if they're coming with a family, what their salary range would be, uh, where we think actually would be well suited to them and also where they're coming from as well. Right. Whether that's the U.S. or abroad, we try to pick places that uh, that, you know, they will enjoy and also take their input on, on you know, where, mm -hmm. where might make sense. 
everyone always tells me I've got to go to Banff before I can't. Yes. So <laughs> that's uh, that's a bucket list item for me for Absolutely. sure. There's beautiful um, mountains and, and oceans on either end. So there's a lot, lot of natural beauty in this in the country. Yeah, goals, right? We all gotta have them. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Um, I wanted to to ask you about some of the like latest trends that you're seeing, maybe over the last like three or four months. Um, specifically in, in Canada. I know you mentioned Express Entry potentially coming back online here, uh, maybe in July. But are there any trends or anything that that we'd like to make the audience aware of that that you're seeing right now? Yeah, no, I mean, I think some of it was touched on actually in that Wall Street Journal article that you referenced. Um, Canada is definitely growing as a technology hub, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, Toronto specifically, I think was was the most or one of the most. Uh, uh, centered places around attracting technology talent over the last five years and and that's you know that i could say the same is true in, in calgary and vancouver and, and halifax as well um so we're certainly seeing more of a tech focus in canada uh and that's reflected in some of those provincial technology streams that i mentioned where um there is a legitimate uh focus on bringing more technology workers into the country and into those provinces uh recognizing that there's a need uh, for that here. So that's, you know, that's certainly a trend that we're seeing. Um, we're also seeing just more interest. Uh, you know, I can say this personally as our company uh, from people wanting to come uh, to Canada just because it's so difficult with some of the U.S. streams to to yep. get in. Just, you know, as you said, there were 480,000 applications this year for 85,000 spots in the H-1B lottery, which just means that, you know, 350 to 400,000 people are not going to be able to 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 get selected. Uh, and they're going to want to go somewhere. Uh, and so Canada has certainly become attractive for that, but also globally, uh, because it is a merit-based uh, PR system and because there is a path to PR that uh, is based on points rather than you know country of origin or anything like that, uh, it's become really, really attractive for folks around the world to, to you know, consider Canada as an option. And especially because the U.S. is, is right there and there's some advantages to being in Canada and that, you know, if you are working with a U.S. client, there's that time zone congruency, there's that business mm -hmm. culture congruency, there's obviously, you know, same language and being able to visit the teams, you know, on either side of that is, is a lot easier than, you know, if you were abroad. Uh, it's really helped attract additional talent to Canada and help, you know, people want to consider Canada as an option. So I'd say it's a large and substantially growing tech scene out here that uh, people will certainly, uh, you know, feel like they're a part of if they, if they were to choose Canada. No, thank you for sharing that. That's one of the things for me that, you know, I've been tracking very closely and you look at the number of tech jobs added and, and Canada actually edged the U S and in, in 2021 on that, that piece of data. Mm -hmm. um, but it goes back to, you know, one of the things you and I talked about was, you know, do you just want U.S. folks or do you want folks that are globally? Right. And and I've, the message is, is both. Um, and I wanted to just kind of share this link here, um, which is your case studies. And I think this is a great link. Um, I'm going to bring that up right now. Um, so it's, it's mobsquad.io forward slash case hyphen studies. And this will show you um, some of the testimonials of individuals that have uh, come to Canada via Mob Squad, and it's a pretty diverse group of individuals, and the skill sets are, are really diverse too. Um, so, I advise you to please check that out. There's a lot of of good personal stories and testimonies on there. Um, I found myself kind of clicking through every one um, uh, earlier this week. Um, so, please make sure to to check that out. Um, and again, that'll be in the chat here. Um, I also, I, I wanted to really quickly talk about two other things and then we've got a question and, and then we'll go ahead and, and start to wrap this up. But, sure. um, I, I mentioned to you a, a couple weeks ago that I, I love the slogan, join the squad. Right. And I think it really talks about, um, a lot of your core values in three words. And, and that is you, you want individuals to have a quality of life, um, be compensated for that, but also have freedom to remove themselves from certain anxieties that are in place here as it surrounds uh, high-skilled immigrants in, in the U.S. So I just wanted to get that in, that I absolutely love the slogan. And um, 
you know, you'll, you're going to hear a lot more of that from me going forward um, as, as we talk about uh, join the squad, right? So uh, we did have a quick question come in. I, I'd like to just pull it up here. Um, it yeah. says, uh, hey, if a candidate fails one of your screening interviews, do you provide constructive feedback where he or she failed? And if they did fail, can they apply again? Um, so I would imagine this is referring to this coding assessment, right? We talk about um, we all have different ways of, of assessing talent and talent an analytics and these coding tests um, can sometimes be very difficult to crack. So what are your thoughts on, on this question, Arif? Yeah, so I mean, uh, the answer to, to both of the questions is yes. So, uh, you know, we, we have, like I said, a, a custom interview process for each position that we post that generally consists of behavioral and technical elements. Uh, and also, if you're working with you know clients and you, and you have interviews there, uh, there may be other pieces that that go along with that, uh, you know, once we do create a profile and put you in front of folks. But, you know, our goal is to provide feedback to folks so they know, uh, you know, where they may have been, you know, unsuccessful in the process or what the driver might have been uh, for that. And, you know, if you're not getting as much detail as you want, you know, we're, we provide our, our email address with the process and, and mm -hmm. encourage people to, to, to request anything. And we're, we're happy to provide as much information as we can so that people are successful. I mean, ultimately, our goal is to bring in the best and brightest candidates here. And so if we could help people, uh, you know, be more successful with that, we'd certainly love to do it. Uh, and people are more than welcome to apply again or to apply to different positions, right? So maybe you apply to a position that wasn't exactly right for you and, and that's why it wasn't successful. If another mm -hmm. position comes up that that's more applicable, uh, you can certainly apply there. Or even if it's the same position, like if, you know, if it was a coding related issue and you've since gained additional skill or worked on certain things, uh, you can definitely apply again. Uh, and, you know, you'd be evaluated again based on that application. And so, um, yeah, certainly we're, we're, we're happy to help people there. And, you know, just a little bit that you touched on earlier that I just wanted to, to hit on is, you know, for those that are abroad that are not working with U.S. companies or those that are working with U.S. companies but can't, uh, you know, move with that company, uh, that's where these positions come into play. So that link that you provided around joining our team uh, we build out a talent roster of folks that we then try to pair with our clients uh, uh, based on those those skill sets. And so, um, you know, the, the easiest case for us is when you are able to move with your current company. But in those cases mm -hmm. where that's not possible, that's why we have this talent roster. So we can try and find that that match between you and, and our clients uh, if you're not able to come with your current company or if you're abroad and, and don't have a company that, that you can come mm -hmm. with. And so uh that's that's kind of how that exists and the time frame doesn't really change between the two right if if you're finding me a job in canada versus relocating my job to canada the time frame is still similar correct yeah the the immigration time frame is exactly the same the only piece that takes longer potentially though is that we have to find that match right so yeah uh, we're obviously not able to do that for for every individual that applies but you know, we do our best for those that make it through the process to see how we can find those matches. And, uh, you know, once we've got, you know, somebody on board with, with wanting to work with a client, then we can start that immigration process. So there is, you know, additional time to, to get on the roster and, and find that client match, of course, and, you know, no, no necessarily guarantee that we can do it. But if we can, yeah. once we get that immigration process started, it's exactly the same. Yeah, you're going to try to make the best match possible for them and, and your client, right? It just that's exactly. recruiting 101, no matter how we want to want to spin it. it. It just is the basic foundation of what I've done for the better part of my 18 year career. So, right. RF, man, what a great conversation here. Um, you know, really appreciate you coming on this afternoon to talk about Mob Squad, talk about your service offerings, what makes you guys unique, what's going on in Canada. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, ultimately, I, I wanted to just let everyone know um, there are links in the video description um, to uh, find out how to qualify with Mob Squad. There's a link to the senior full stack developer that I mentioned. I've also got your LinkedIn profile in there, Arf, as well. So if anyone sees this and wants to follow you or submit a, a connection request, please make sure to reference the H1B guys so that Arf knows how you found him. Um, and 
we're going to continue this conversation more in the future. Um, you know, probably look at, at having you on um, um, quarterly. We've talked about uh, to continue to talk about the trends and the job volume that you're seeing and, and the changes in the regulation. Um, so just really appreciate you taking the time here to, to, to jump in today and, um, and have this conversation. Just really appreciate it. No, thank you as well. And thanks for people for, for tuning in. And as you said, you know, we'd be happy to continue doing these. We'll actually try and bring on some of the engineers so you can hear directly from them. Some of them that were featured in the success stories. We'll bring on folks from our talent team to walk through more of that process. And so you won't just have to hear from me. You can hear from others who can. Uh, yeah, attest I, I think that and, makes uh, sense. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. no better way to hear it than from firsthand from folks that have gone through it. And also the other side, the team that helps make that happen, right? Your right. transition team, your recruiting team. Um, we've got a lot planned and, and looking forward to continuing this conversation. Um, like I said, please, if, if you're interested in finding out more about Mob Squad, use the links in the video description below. They're also on the h1bguy.com. You can find those links. Uh, connect with RF on LinkedIn. Make sure you reference me, though, because he may not accept your connection invite if, if you don't. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, and close this out here today, RF, and, and just let everyone know that today's live stream was brought to you by Mob Squad. If you are a technology professional facing U.S. work visa related challenges, if your OPT is about to expire and you were not selected in the H-1B lottery, Mob Squad has a solution. They help technology professionals facing these challenges in the U.S., work with their current company Nearshore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America. Through their unique partnership with the Canadian government, they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as six to eight weeks. Whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, please find out how the team at Mob Squad can help you. As I mentioned in the link, in the video description below. Join the squad and also by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let my good friend Carl at perm-ads.com help you. And also by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. Just wanted to ask you again one last time to please like this video, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel or go live like we did here today on May 11th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. If you've made it this far, I just want to say thank you all for taking time to watch this live stream. Or if you're watching or listening to this at a later date, I really appreciate your support. RF, look forward to continuing the conversation with you. Thank you so much again. I'm Robert. I'm the H-1B guy, your global source for all things H-1B.